0: develop restorative, social-emotional learning practices, and more access within their own school communities. It's time to Reframe Ed. Welcome to episode four of the Reframing Ed podcast. I am so happy you're here. Congratulations on taking time to invest in yourself and your practice as an educator of these tiny humans we call students. We're going to go ahead and start this week off with Gratitude. Um, I've started doing this at school with a colleague while on bus duty, and it's been really such a boon and a blessing for both of us. Her face lights up when I say, hey, what are you grateful for? And if I forget or um, have something else going on, she'll come up to me and say, Miss Jeffries, what are you grateful for? And so our gratitude has ranged from small things like her garlic press to um, me being happy that we had reached you know 12 days left of school so today what i'm grateful for is um i guess the ability to reflect to uh, grow i don't take it lightly that um i'm a little bit of a cerebral person and i recognize everyone isn't like that i have a very <laughs> active um ongoing dialogue with myself and i assess Know how I've done, um, how systems are working, whether or not things are going in the direction that I want them to go in. And although sometimes it can be frustrating because, you know, you just sometimes you may want to just think about nothing or not care or not worry about things. And so um, I am grateful that I'm switching from worry to contemplation. And believe me, that is a thing switching from worry to contemplation. And what that looks like is. Instead of having tons of anxiety and stress about what could happen or what can go wrong, what's working or what isn't, I'm able to think and reflect on what is and what I would like for there to be and what action steps I can take. And so it is a mindset shift. There's that word again. Um, But I am very, very grateful that I'm able to reflect because it makes me who I am. And so I would love to know what you are grateful for. You can always leave your gratitude post um, in a comment on Ms. Jeffrey's Desk on Facebook. i love to hear from you. Or you can send me a tweet on Twitter um, at Ms. Jeffrey's Desk again. And the links to those are both in the show notes. So what's on Ms. Jeffrey's Desk? On Ms. Jeffrey's Desk is uh, teaching to transgress by bell hooks teaching to transgress by bell hooks and again this will be in the show notes so many of you may know that bell hooks is a prominent african-american female scholar in the united states she's a known feminist and thought leader she's a teacher of many many years um, a professor she uh, travels around and um, talks about many different um, issues, but she's always an advocate for those who are marginalized or downtrodden. And in this book, um, Bell Hooks talks about education as a process of freedom. And so if you are a person who thinks as um, education as a um, liberating force, as a means for change, as the ultimate way and an individual can take control and reigns of their life and their destiny, then you probably believe in education as a liberating force you believe it's a greatest source of freedom, and that when people don't have access to opportunity or quality instruction or great learning cultures that it's a, it can be a big handicap in their life that it can take uh, years um, to overcome if ever you know we all um all well, I know I have a um concern I never Want one of my students to say, you know, I wanted to learn and I wanted to show up, but Miss Jeffries thought I couldn't do it, or she refused to teach me, or they didn't want me in their classroom, and I knew it. I really take that to heart, and so even my students who are more difficult, I try very, very hard to show up in a way that's gonna um, honor them as students and the trust that their parents and the community has placed in me as an educator. You know, it's a really awesome responsibility kind of in the same way that a um a priest or a preacher you know has over their congregation or flock you know people are coming to you they're looking for information they're looking for inspiration they're looking for know-how and so it's something that we really have to take seriously and work to make sure that we are honoring them and we're honoring ourselves in the way that we show up in the classroom so bell hooks talks a lot about um, the body of the teacher and the way that we show up, whether or not we interact with our students. You know, do we believe that we're the sage on the stage? And there's a level of engagement that is dictated by our beliefs on our position and role as an educator, and how messy it can be when you do believe your students are full, complete human beings who are learning and growing, but who have rights just like you do, who have thoughts and opinions and personalities, just like you do. So uh, it's a great book. It's definitely, it's on Miss Jeffrey's desk. And I'd love to hear if you've read this before, what are your takeaways on it? What do you think about what Dr. Hooks has to say about um, education as a form of liberation? Last week on the podcast, we talked about reflection. We talked about teacher reflection and also allowing for student reflection. So if you missed that episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one. Um, I think you'll get some valuable insight on what it means to have a reflective practice. We know um, what it means for academics, right, because we plan and some of us plan backwards. We look at the end goal and then plan our instruction based off of that. But, you know, not everyone knows or recognizes that we can do the same thing when it comes to behavior and classroom culture and setting the standard and the tone for activity and interactions within our classroom. So that was the focus last week and this week we're going to um, talk about authenticity. Authenticity as an educator. You know, I think some people get really intimidated by rock star educators who have this larger than life personality and who are, you know, rocking the presentation stage at conferences and um, who are the shine at the faculty meetings. Authenticity isn't um, trying to be your, you know, model educator that you see that's out there that seems larger than life and above what you could ever perform. Authenticity is showing up as yourself for your students and being accessible as yourself for your students. And so when we look at the definitions for authenticity, it reads being real and genuine. That means if you're an outgoing person who loves country music, who loves R&B, who loves jazz, who loves yodeling, I would expect your kids to know that about you, right? If you're showing up completely as yourself, Kids don't need to know our whole business, and you know, you got an argument with your spouse, or if your kids dropped out of college, um, but maybe they do. Maybe there are certain amounts of information that kids do need access to because it makes for a deeper relationship. Think of the way that we share ourselves with our colleagues in the lounge, you know, or at bus duties or the various duties we do in the school. Think of the ways that we show up um, at different barbecues when we're meeting someone new, if we're able to share and give of ourselves more to a stranger, someone that we're just meeting for that initial time at some random function, but our kids don't know anything about us, what's up with that? How does that work? How does that work? And so we want to really talk about and think about what it looks like to share our highs and our lows with our students. I have a morning group and we go over our, um, we go over our feelings. And so we will come in and there's bears, there's frustration, there's angry, there's tired, there's hungry, there's um, sad, there's excited. And this is a group of students who all, you know, have had some behavioral concerns, some work habits concerns. And so we want to help them to identify their feelings and prep for the day based on how they're showing up to school. It's also a time to get it out. You know, if you're tense because the bus ride sucked and someone's always bothering you or it's hot and you're just over it, you need to be able to say that because then you have an opportunity to move on. So in the same way, I share that with my students. Sometimes I put that bear on the, uh, pick up the tired face bear and I put it on the big bear. There are a bunch of Velcro things you can attach it to. And I put it on and I said, guys, you know, Miss Jeffries is tired. I didn't sleep well last night, and I know I have work to do today, so I'm going to have to try um, extra hard to make sure that I keep a positive attitude. I'm going to also make sure I drink water so I can keep my energy up. Anyone else tired? And kids will either say, yeah, I'm tired, or no, I went to bed. Miss Jeffries, you need to go to bed earlier. What time do you go to bed? And I say, oh, Miss Jeffries didn't go to bed till 10.30. And they're like, what? That's late. You need to go to bed earlier. Yes, you're right. I definitely need to go to bed earlier. Um, and then when I'm having an excited day, like when I got my son's um, standards of learning, the Virginia standards of learning scores, he texted me and told me that he had passed his um, SOL and I was over the moon, over the moon. And so I looked up at my student and I said, oh my gosh. And it was uh, uh, one of my jewels, one of my little diamonds. Um, I love her so much. She's um, dealt with a lot just to be able to show up in the classroom and not be disruptive and um, be on task. But she was sitting there and I said, you will not believe this. And she said, what? I said, my son passes math SOL." And she got excited with me, even though she's never met my oldest son and she doesn't know him. But she was able to make that connection. And she know that we have been working together um, for hers, you know. And so um, that was a moment of authenticity of showing up real things that are happening in my life. And then we are going to move on and go back to her, right? Um, I believe we were reviewing her point, she as a matter of fact, um, and making sure that she was on track for the day. She had disclosed, um, you know, her schedule was a little off. And, you know, that happens sometimes. And so I'll talk to her and I'll say, well, what can we do today, you know? It feels like this might be a little bit of a tough day. Is there something that we can do to make it better? What can you do if we get stressed out? What can we do if X, Y, and Z happens? Just to give her a base and, and an anchor to come back to. You know, I've already reviewed this with Miss Jeffries. If I get tired or frustrated, I'm not going to push, you know, Johnny. Instead, I'm going to ask for a break or I'm going to go off by myself or I'm going to lay my head down and I'm going to count to 30. So um, authenticity is sharing the highs and lows with your students. It's also about honesty, being honest. When something is frustrating you or you don't understand something, it's okay if you're coming from a sincere a sincere place to let your students know, you know, I don't, I don't understand. You know, we've talked about the way that you should enter my classroom. What's going on? Is there a different morning routine that we need to have so that you guys can get your, you know, jitters out? Because when it's time for instruction, it's time for instruction. And quite frankly, I'm frustrated at this behavior. And I don't have to yell at my students. I don't have to, you know, go to 10 because I'm able to stay in that 0 to 4 range because we talk and I give them feedback quite often. And they're also allowed to give me feedback. So. That's what it looks like within the classroom. And here's why it matters. When your students have a buy in with you, even your frequent flyers, your students who have behavioral concerns um, and issues and needs, um, when they have a buy in with you, you're less likely to disrespect someone who you know and like. Which is why, right, when you're in high school, when you want to do something that is um, not appropriate, you um, will keep it from your parents because you respect them. Hopefully, you like them. It's the same thing with your students. When they have a buy-in with you and they know who you are and they love you and they like you, they're going to behave differently than if you are just the person who's up there giving them information and making them do all this work that they don't want to do or it's too hard for them to do, or work that even if they enjoy doing, um, they feel like they have no connection with you. So our homework for this week is to give yourself an opportunity to show up as yourself to your students and to give your students an opportunity to do the same. Now, I know most of us are at the end of the school year, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, I'm actually a person of the opinion that we should go ahead and have year-round schooling like they uh, like they do in Japan. And with those little two-week holidays off, I would love to just keep going and just have you know two-week breaks um, every quarter. And um, but just keep going so our kids are not missing a beat. But anyway, even if you're going off, this is something that we can definitely do in August. If you're doing summer school, this is a way that you can connect with your students when they show up the first day of summer school. If you're tutoring, um, I always, always, always start tutoring services by getting to know the student. It's so worth it because there's going to have times when you're not feeling it, when they're not feeling it, when the information is hard. And if you want them to push through, you got to give them a bone here. You got to give them some um, reason, some connection to do it and a space where they know they can tell you I'm having a bad day. I just don't want to do this. And you can say, all right, you know, what? I just need these five problems. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to write them down. and You're going to talk them out to me because I just need to know you understand this. Right. So the way in which you're going to give your students an opportunity to show up is to interview them or let them interview you. Now, this is an awesome concept that I learned when I worked as a teacher assistant in a self-contained ED classroom um, back when my family was living in Illinois. And... um, it went like this. I got the job in this classroom, it was six boys who had all had emotional disabilities with varying levels of aggression or violence or non-compliance and all that stuff. And so what they did, because I was a new TA and the uh, TA they had before they really loved and she had a great relationship with them. And one thing when you're working with children with emotional issues, they need continuity. And that's not always possible because it is, you know, a field where people do burn out or if they are ambitious or driven, they may want to go to the next level. They may want to be in another role. And that's what had happened with this teacher. She got a job as a full-time teacher, so of course she was going to take it, but they wanted to make sure that the next person coming in, which happened to be me, could form a relationship with these kids quick, fast, and in a hurry, especially because there was a chance that, you know, I'd need to restrain them or chase them down or talk them from the brink of a meltdown. All right, so what we did was um there was a series of questions the kids got to ask me i sat in a chair oprah style and they just asked me the questions i think it was about five questions it lasted about 15 minutes and they each asked me their question and follow-up question and afterwards they would they sat next to me then you know it wasn't a problem they got to know me and this is a great great concept for your classroom it does not have to just be a beginning of the year routine. It can also be an end of the year, first quarter, second quarter, mid year review. Um, getting new students in, any time because this builds the culture in your room. Every time you do an activity like this, it submits that you guys are all in it together. Kids who are all in it together are less likely to have chaos and disrespect and um, aggressive behaviors in your classroom. So if you are struggling with that, you have to double down on these community building activities. If you want to get rid of the disproportionality, right, where a certain segment is getting targeted over and over and over again, and, you know, and then we'll say, oh, well, it's their behavior. It's because they're so bad. It's because these kids are crazy. It's because they have no home training. No, what are we doing to meet them where they are? What are we doing to make a difference in their lives? Simple activities like this can take the place of writing referrals and then have to talk to an angry parent and then it going, you know, um all the way to the DOJ because, you know, this is the extreme case. Your district is disproportionately flagging these students for negative disciplinary outcomes. And it's not to say the children are innocent and they don't make any mistakes or do anything wrong, or there aren't certain instances that definitely require Um, referrals or write-ups or out of school suspensions and things like that but if we haven't done the basic foundational relationship building activities we're in the wrong so Back to the interview, I get I get passionate about that, as you can see, which is why we have this podcast called Reframing It, right? So um, this activity can take anywhere from five to 15 minutes. If you're going to do it regularly, I say keep it, you know, to five, 10 minutes initially when you're first meeting your kids, or if you're having a lot of negative behaviors, you got to amp up that time, because the time you spend redirecting and being off of instruction or writing referrals or talking someone down, you know, it's going to be more, it's going to add up cumulatively more than the 15 minutes it takes for you to do this relationship-building activity. So what you can do is either pre-plan the questions, which I recommend in the beginning because the kids won't know what you're talking about or what you're doing more than likely. Um, and as they get more used to it, the kids can ask their own questions. You can even print some questions and they get select from those questions. So if you want them to get to know you, right, if the disrespect of the behaviors that um, directly directed at you, it's only affecting you. You know, they're interacting with each other, okay, and other teachers, and, and you seem to be the common denominator when it comes to behavior. and You need to be the one to answer the questions, all right? So, um, a child gets a question, they get to read it off, or you have it on your smart board if you have that, or your whiteboard, and you answer the question and add a funny story or an antidote. And you guys just do that for five minutes and the different kids get to ask the different questions or they come up and the kids um, read them off the board. Another way to do this is that you select a panel. Say you have some uh, students who frequently have negative behavior outcomes. They're off task, you know, this student is probably getting on your nerves because we only have so many of them. And when you, you know, in your heart, you want what's best for them, but they don't see your heart. And so they're doing whatever the hell they wanna do. You probably need to have them on this panel. So pick your kids. I'll say um, between three and four students and line your chairs up in whatever the front or the center of your classroom is. And pick three questions out. And you can ask them or their peers can ask them. I always default towards more student engagement. So I would have the kid ask it after I've modeled how I want that done. And so they ask the questions. Each student gets a turn to answer it, and they have fun. But if you make the time, if you make the time to do these type of relationship building activities, you more firmly establish who you are as a classroom community, who you are as a teacher, which is a teacher who is firm, who can be stern, but who's also fun, engaging. Who wants to work with you? Who cares about you and your thoughts? Who cares that you love, you know, Avengers? Who cares that you have a husky? Who cares that your favorite animal is this stuffed unicorn that you have? Kids need to know that they matter and their voice matters. And it is very simple. It's not always easy, but it is very simple to do activities that let them know that you value them. So I hope that was um, clarifying for you and that you are able to implement this into your practice. The interview is um, something I do regularly with the kids. You know, if I'm stressed, if my body feels tense, that's a good indicator that one, we need to get up and stretch, do some yoga poses or something like that, or two, we need to have a um, a non-instructional task real quick. And that might look like doing an interview. That may look like um, listening to a song real quick. But there's just ways to break up the monotony of the classroom, um, establish relationships with these students, and generally show up as your most authentic and honest self in the classroom. So please go ahead and post your takeaways, your thoughts, um, and comments on my Facebook page, Ms. Jeffrey's Desk. I'd love to connect with you to hear what you're thinking, um, any things that you'd like to learn more about or hear more about. You can also send me a tweet on Twitter at the same tag, at Miss Jeffries Desk, and the link, as always, is in the show notes. The show notes are here where you found this podcast, um, and but they're also on my website, loquatiajeffries.com. You know? Um, I do this podcast because I want to share information and I want to reframe education within the United States. And if you'd like to take the information that I've shared further, if you'd like some structured training, um, more information, some one-on-one time for you to ask questions in real time, you might want to consider um, taking my training. I have a class, a 90-minute class on developing restorative restorative social-emotional relationships with your learners, developing relationships that will make your classroom the type of classroom you want to have will increase your instructional time because you're not busing and yelling and redirecting all the time and definitely boost your confidence as an educator. You know, we have so many degrees. We're one of the most highly degreed professions in the United States. We have all these um, undergraduate degrees, obviously, and graduate degrees. Some people are multiple master's degrees all these certifications and endorsements doctor degrees but if you are not a master at relationship building if you have not mastered creating a calm classroom that's inclusive and affirming where there's mutual respect and reciprocal learning going on what was the purpose of the degrees because we're not being effective educators if only 70% of your students are getting anything from it because the other 30% are just going crazy and haywire. You're probably fooling yourself thinking that 70% of your students are getting something because their instruction is being interrupted too. One of the quickest ways to get Ms. Jeffries to go from 0 to 100 is for a student to disrupt the learning or disrespect another student. I just don't stand for it. I've been the underdog. You know, I have a hearing disability, so I wasn't always aware of my surroundings. It takes a great deal of effort for me to maintain focus on things that are outside of my range of hearing or sight. And um, so I have a great deal of empathy for students who are the underdog, who don't get it on the first try, who, you know, have to work harder to be uh, conscious of or aware of the other things are going on around them, who take more time to process it or need to hear it a different way. And so if you want to see me go from nice, happy, smiling teacher, talking teacher to crazy teacher, (laughs) disrespect another student or interrupt the learning of of other students. But the thing is, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get closer, I'm going to increase my proximity, and I'm going to say, what is going on? I'm trying to teach, and I know you value learning, and so does Sally. So why is it that you're interrupting your learning and hers? And, you, you know, I sometimes get an answer or not, or yes, ma'am, or oh, I'm sorry. But I also know I haven't just gone to the stern um, mom voice, Miss Jeffries. Put, I've laid that groundwork I put in the work and that's how even for students who I don't work with when I see them in the hallways I can correct them and not get a buck back because I'm still smiling I'm still saying good morning I'm still saying how do you do I'm still saying your shoes are so dope I love them or where did you get your braids done or I love that shirt that's so funny or saying hi in the lunchroom. I'm putting in the work constantly because I know what my standards are as a teacher. They're high, I expect you to engage, I expect you to work. Therefore, when I correct you, I already know there's a solid foundation because I've done all the foundational pre-work and I'm consistently laying bricks, laying cement, laying bricks, laying cement, so that my students know um, I may expect a lot, but I also love you a lot. So if you'd like to get some structured training around that, I would love for you to check out my Creating Calm Classrooms, Kick the Chaos training. And it is, you know, it's structured. There's five steps. I walk you through them. It's much more in depth than, you know, what I can do on a podcast. And then I have time for questions at the end. So if you want to talk about a specific issue where you're thinking, you know, all of this is great for everyone else, but it won't work for me. It won't work for my classroom. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. You may just need some training around it and some mindset around it. But I know that this structure works. It truly works. Um, You can check out that training at my website. It's at com forward slash training. And that link will also be in the show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen, and congratulations again on investing in yourself and your practice. I know that your classroom, your school, learning community will be the better for you having taken the time to make sure you're the type of educator you always dreamed of being. Until next week, go ahead and continue to teach with abundance. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Our hope is that you leave ready to take definitive action steps to improve the learning experiences of the children around you. And let's stay connected. Please subscribe, share, and review this podcast. You can also connect with me on Facebook or Twitter at Miss Desk, or head on over to my website to see all the ways we can work together both now and in the future. Until next time, continue to teach with abundance.